This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host with my other hosts, but I'm Trevor Durin. Jamie's age, Tori Ritchie and I are going to look back at some of our favorite quotes from our favorite podcast episodes this year. Some of them are favorites because they just seem to resonate and really capture a moment well. Some of them are our favorites because of how well they connect to some of the themes we were hearing in other member conversations. We'll rip through six or seven of the quotes we like the best, why we picked it, why we liked it. This isn't going to be the only look back episode that we do. We're going to do another episode that looks back at some of the biggest predictions we made for 2023 and see how close we got. But this is going to be really focused on some of the podcast episodes that we like the best and some of our favorite quotes there. We'll jump right in to a big, bold quote from Brianna Motley from the SG2 intelligence team. Systems are finally coming to that same full-scale realization. We have to really transform the way we're delivering care, how we're leveraging our talent, our workforce, how we're integrating technology and our digital capabilities to make sure that we're actually practicing top of license, not just from a clinician standpoint, but really across the board. Trevor, I really liked this quote a lot because one, it did frame a lot of the year. This was from an episode that was very early in our 2023 year, and it really highlighted where we were in talking about capacity challenges. It was one of the most impactful things that our members were experiencing, second only to negative margins at the time. And what Brianna and Tony Guth talked about was telling our members how to start to solve for this. Some of the challenges that we were experiencing in capacity weren't just facility-based. They were now workforce-based and it was across the country. It wasn't just little pockets. So they were really talking about care redesign. So the how, the where, and even the whom because of that capacity constraint issue. What we've seen over the course of 2023, and this is why it's so fun for me to go back and listen to where we were, is that we've actually seen some of that come to reality towards the end of the year, beginning of 2024. And different provider types are coming into play here. We're seeing a lot of effort and rethinking of how we use post-acute services and how those are performed and who provides those as a way to help manage some of that post-acute capacity. We're seeing team-based care, something that another episode that we've recently recorded is focused on with behavioral health and that team-based care and how do we do things differently using different individuals at the top of their license. That's one of the things that resonated with me and in particular, also the where piece. Our members have been so focused on ambulatory surgery centers as one of those solutions. And the capacity issues were not just inpatient, they were related across the full continuum of care, but we've also seen a lot of those pockets of opportunity like ambulatory surgery centers. Jamie, I agree with all those reasons, and I like this quote for the same reasons. It connects to our next section about consumerism in that we saw years ago, a few organizations were able to take their transition to more value-based care and turn it into a consumer-focused message that was really powerful. I haven't seen all organizations do this, but those that are able to take the reason they're making changes to where and why patients should get care into an access story could be really powerful. And so here we'll have Yelena Buaziz from the SG2 team and Martha McElroy from the ShareMD team talk about different angles and looks at how they're working on consumer access. Do the customers actually want to use our system of care in the way that we intended for them to use it? 
That is something that we came about when we initially started doing our direct-to-consumer engagement, when we started trying to get people into the certain systems and we realized they have a very much locked front door. <laughs> so much resources, time is being put into all of this marketing, but what's not being realized is that a lot of these systems have bolted front doors. I like these quotes so much, both because they're super concise and they're just right to the point. Access sits in a really unique bucket for me in that it was a part of just about every member-facing discussion I had this year. But it's also one of the pieces where you could make excuses and say there's a bunch of external forces impacting access, but it's one where so much of the control over the solution sits with the health system. A lot of the barriers and challenges that both Yelena and Martha talked about are really things that health systems can control. And we've seen some make really quick, great progress in that area. It's a place where all of a sudden there's going to be this huge differentiation in terms of the systems that have put in a ton of energy there. And all of a sudden their system is pretty easy to interact with. And something as simple as getting in the front door is pretty seamless. And those that haven't and look like antiquated, clunky systems bolting together some level of digital presence within person. Trevor, that tees up nicely the quote that I pulled from a Grill Bill session with Bill Woodson. 2023 was a really tumultuous year for health systems. We're talking about balance sheet issues, profit and loss issues, capacity, workforce, really going to market with new consumer strategies that's going to fully engage patients so we don't lose them to disruptors. There have been a lot of balancing acts that traditional providers have had to face, but we're really starting to enter the next phase of that conversation. Here's a quote from Bill Woodson. We've talked about balancing acts throughout 2023. What I hear now is about stability versus pace of change and how that feels internally and also how it's playing out in a given market across the country. This sums it up nicely, right? We've talked a lot about balancing acts. We've talked a lot about here's the current state. Here's what you're facing as an organization. It's been tough. We hear you. But now we're starting to find our footing in this new landscape. We're starting to see the rewards of some of these quick to market initiatives. And we've started to reap the benefits of really thinking about how we transform the way that care is being delivered. And so we're starting to find a bit of stability here in this new environment. It's stability, but Tori, the thing with that quote that caught my attention was the pace of change. That has been something that some of these concepts have been around for a while, care redesign, those types of things. But what Bill talks about is there was a stimulus to really do things faster, to really get to a new place of operating. And so that was the thing that really struck me. That's why I liked this quote from our own Tori Ritchie, talking about the impact of change. And that was a pre-release. So it was very early on in January. But the quote really sets up that idea of change and needing to make change happen. And so let's listen to Tori. Something that we want organizations to start recognizing is that the only way to meet patient needs going forward is going to be through care redesign. The workforce shortages that we're experiencing today, and as shortages were in place prior to the pandemic, they just maybe are a bit more severe right now. And so we're facing a workforce challenge. It's not just a shortage. And the only way to ensure that we're treating people really at the right time and the right place with the right suite of services is by reconfiguring our offerings and redesigning the way in which we're actively delivering care. Tori, one of the reasons why I really like this quote is that you and the whole team that puts together our forecast focus on the care innovations piece. And we've seen a lot of momentum around that, especially coming out of the pandemic. And it's one of those things that we put into our system of care impact factor. What's interesting about it and what I alluded to earlier is that 2023 felt different 
when we think about the capacity challenges, we think about the forecast and the access issues, care innovation had to happen this year and start to happen. So there was like this tipping point that we got to. And a lot of that was workforce because it was national. And we really embraced that in our forecast for this year. And you threw that out there with this need for that care redesign. That was the thing that really struck me. I don't know, Tori, if you think all of that has come to fruition or not. We're definitely seeing the continuation of these discussions. Most health systems recognize that we can't continue to deliver care in the same way that we have. And we're going to need to continue to push the bounds on what do care pathways look like in the future? How do we leverage the latest and greatest? That's certainly something that we're continuing to think about as we enter 2024 and the next forecast refresh is right around the corner. It's okay, let's go beyond just some of the innovations that we've been talking about in the the last year or so, but also how do we leverage things like pharmaceutical innovation? How do we leverage things like innovation in AI and digital health to really transform care delivery? The other piece of it is the digital transformation that we went through and where the policy has really pushed us to keep some of those changes and advances in place. And that's another component of that care redesign that we also include. Agree. And there certainly are headwinds in the digital health space in the near term as some of that pandemic era payment parity starts to subside in the coming years. But the reality is, is it's here. We've gotten a taste of it. And more and more, I think consumers are really going to demand convenience and be met on price more than necessarily having a specialized suite of services available to them that they have to wait months and months to get in for. That digital health arm is going to continue to be so important moving forward and sets us up nicely for a quote from our digital health expert, Andrew Revian on AI. It's going to become an increased embedded feature of healthcare. I don't see a future without AI in it in some manner. Andrew's exactly right. In 2023, we saw the release of ChatGPT, and that really exploded here within the office place. I I remember weeks early on in the year of folks sitting down at their desk and just seeing what all ChatGPT could quickly answer. And the reality is, is AI is so much more than just that single software. And it's something that long term, we're likely going to see embedded in a number of different services across that healthcare continuum. I'm thinking specifically when it comes to diagnostics and imaging, what are ways that we can really improve and and catalyze the way that those care pathways exist today by leveraging some of the latest and greatest in conjunction then with our specialists and medical providers. You mentioned AI. And if I had to take a guess, at least half of our episodes in 2023 had some mention of AI along the way. I haven't gone back and counted them, but it'd probably be pretty close. It's a fair guess. And listening to Andrew's quote, it made me think if he subbed in after the word future and said future SG2 presentations will include a mention of AI in some manner. I was like, oh, no, it's probably right. Now I just sit there and wait for the inevitable AI question that I can't quite answer from any board or group. Good to know that he's expecting that those questions are going to continue and maybe ramp up it's important to keep in mind, we in no way are thinking of AI as being the silver bullet. It's not going to come in and answer all of the really difficult questions for our industry here. And it's certainly a buzzword, but I think it's rightfully starting a lot of really interesting conversations. It's making people be even more creative. So if we think back to if 2023 was the year of care redesign, as we start layering in these new levels of innovation, it sets us up for a really exciting future, ways that we can and really transform those care protocols. I can't help but jump on here because like both of you and probably many of our listeners, I end up reading a lot of articles about AI because it's just interesting. One was about tailored messaging and it really connected to the quotes from Yelena and Martha 
imagine if one of the many, many applications in our healthcare ecosystem for AI is to get Trevor to actually come in for a visit. Here's how we're going to have to prompt him or incent him and allowing not just that targeted messaging, but we're pretty sure this is going to work. And here's why for these specific individuals that actually made me really excited because I already like the amount of segmentation and targeting that we're able to do. But thinking about that as an application outside of we'll use it as administrative back office and maybe there'll be some like chatbots and navigation and triage on the front end. That was fun for me to imagine what else it can do and be. It links back to the consumerism piece. How do you engage consumers in a different way? And if using a lot of their known XYZ behaviors, if we engage you this way, you're more likely to do what needs to be done to take care of yourself. That becomes a really powerful tool that's not at all taking away from what our clinicians, our physicians, our nurses do and the decisions that they need to make every day. It's helping the patient get there so that they can make those decisions. Trevor, you would know this better than I as our primary care expert. What's the statistic? Only 8% of adults in the United States receive all of the primary care and preventative wellness services that they should. So that means only 8% of adults are fully engaged in receiving the health care that they should. That leaves 92% of patients on the table. If there's any gains that we can make through deploying AI to really start engaging some of those consumers, start meeting them on their consumer preferences, that by all means is a victory. I think that's a good place to wrap. We've covered a lot of ground from capacity to care redesign, consumerism, and the inevitable quote and questions about AI and digital. Hope our listeners have enjoyed looking back. I hope you remember these episodes fondly and look forward to talking to both you, Jamie and Tori. Again, we don't get to do it together much, but it's always fun when we all get to be on an episode together. It is. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments or ideas for episodes and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com additionally i recommend that you check out some of the other Visient podcasts which cover a range of clinical and operational areas those can all be found at visientinc.com backslash podcasts mm-hmm.